Thank you, Tony. <laughs> Good morning, church. Wait, 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 wait. Excuse me. Wait, wait, wait. You can do better than that. Come on. Listen, that's not how you welcome me, brother. Okay, let's do it again. Good morning, church. Woohoo! That's it. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. It's my pleasure to be here this morning. Um, I'm going to start off from uh, where Pastor stopped, uh, stopped last week. Okay? Um, last week, Pastor Brian started talking about fashion and hoodies. I am here to talk to you this morning about chameleons. That's a whole big <laughs> wide, wide angle. <laughs> By a show of hand, how many of you have seen a chameleon? Whoa, wow, that's great. I thought I was the only one. Okay, good. <laughs> I think something is wrong with chameleons. You don't know whether they are frogs or lizards. Those days when I was a kid, we used to go into the jungle searching for, for chameleons to actually see whether they would change color. But you know what? They did. You know, we bring them out in the open. We put them on a the, on, 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 uh, by, 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 by bed of grass, green grass. They change to green. We put them on bare earth. They change to brown. That's what chameleons do for their own survival. Chameleons blend into their environment. And that was the struggle of the Corinthians. Like chameleons, they blended with their surrounding community. They were sucked into the life around them and couldn't separate their values from that of their community. We are told that the com their community was saturated with corruption and every kind of sin. They conformed to the common standards, attitudes, and practices of their society. Though the story of the Corinthians is about 2,000 years ago, our communities in many ways resemble that of the Corinthians. Do you remember the guy pastor said had a bumper sticker on his truck saying something about Jesus saves, but he was giving middle finger to everyone around him? Do you remember that? <laughs> oh, yes, we can relate to the Corinthians because we faced almost the same life problems. And do you remember the message of last week by Pastor Brian about being born again? We celebrate those that gave their life to Christ last Sunday. You are one week old in your walk with Christ today. Some of us older believers think we are growing but feel our growth is not near where it should be. It feels stunted. The rest of us say we are right where we should be in Christ. But how do you know that? The Corinthians felt the same about themselves until Paul, Apostle Paul, looked in. I am here this morning to speak to you about spiritual growth and the essential vitamins that you need to keep on growing. Our scripture reading is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 
We begin by reading verses 1 to 9. But I, brothers and sisters, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now, you are not yet ready, for you are still of the flesh. For why there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in human way? For when one says, I know I follow Paul, and another I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? And what is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. First of all, how do you like being called a field and a building this morning, on a Sunday morning? In this passage, Paul is asking two very important questions. The first question is, who are you? And what are you as a believer? Beloved, let me remind you that when you accepted Christ, you became a new creation. Born of God and changed from within. You are not to conform to this world, excuse me, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing, you can discern the will of God. What is good and acceptable and perfect. That is our pathway to eternity. As Christians, our lifestyles and values clash with accepted morals. Believers don't blend very well with worldly people. No, we don't. Most times we are like sore thumbs or square pegs that can't fit the holes. The Corinthians went completely the opposite direction. Although they accepted Christ, their behavior was worldly. Paul says that being in Christ does not always mean we are heading towards spiritual maturity. We can be immature believers, but he expects believers to grow. Why? Because spiritual growth matters. And growth only happens through godly wisdom. Spiritual growth towards maturity comes by God's grace and our obedience to him. Growth never ends. It continues until resurrection. In today's passage, Paul examined the Corinthians' spiritual growth after five years of his first visit and found them spiritually immature. He never said they were not Christians, but they, their growth was stunted. It's like you notice something not quite right with your child. At five years of age, the child is sluggish, is drinking milk, and will not even eat solid food like hamburgers. 
you are so concerned and you took him to see a doctor. The doctor says, let me the, the child and determines that the child cannot chew solid food. He prescribes remedies that helps your child eat solid food necessary to increase his growth and energy level. Same thing Paul did. He could not speak to the Corinthians as he would have liked to because he saw them as immature believers. So he spoke to them as infants in their Christian work. Now, how do you speak to a baby? Ba, 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 ba. Na, 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 na. Foodie, foodie. Believers are expected to mature and bear fruit because growth matters. When we accept Christ, our spirit is joined with him and our behavior evolves into the fruit of the spirit. Yes, believers may sometimes give into fleshy ways, but this is no longer the way of our lives. Paul sees the Corinthians as believers because he referred to them as brothers and sisters, even though they were deep in sinful desires and impulses. Like the food doctor, he checked their ways and says their lack of growth is because of the so many other factors. They formed groups around their leaders, Apollos and Peter, for self-promotion. These groups quarreled among themselves and behaved as non-Christians. There was jealousy, resentment, and bitter conflicts between them. Each group thought they were superior and neglected their spiritual growth. They were adults acting like infants and eating baby food. They squabbled and did not behave like people with Holy Spirit in them. Let's think about this. There is nothing wrong with having leader preferences in the church. But leaders should, not be, should only be honored and don't be exalted. Most important, the kingdom of God is no place for divisions, groups, of factions. The Corinthians lacked spiritual growth and behaved as babes in Christ. Paul could only see them as deserving spiritual milk. Spiritual milk is great for new Christians, but not older Christians. This is absolutely something that we need to pay much attention to. Because there is absolutely nothing cute about a 35 years old still drinking milk with a milk bottle. Absolutely nothing cute. They were unable to chew and ingest goat meat. Oh, I mean, I mean, I mean, wait, wait, wait. I mean solid food. Okay. Paul was very disappointed at their level of spiritual growth. But he didn't go after them with a baseball bat. I would have used a machete. He was gentle and pastoral and in enforcing the spiritual remedies he prescribed. And that's Paul. His prescription to the Corinthians was very simple. He said, submit to God than aligning yourself to Peter or Apollos, who are servants of God. Stop thinking that you are wise by imitating self-promotion in your community. 
Become foolish by the world standard and embrace godly wisdom. Know that church leaders are not their source of spiritual growth. God is. The basis of this prescription is that Christian growth is necessary to avoid spiritual stagnation. Spiritual growth is not easy. It is hard work. Just raise your hand if you think spiritual growth is easy. It's not. Realize that spiritual growth matters to God. Christ wants it. The Holy Spirit needs it. Is there anything in life that is easy today? No. So let's not stop pursuing spiritual growth because it is difficult or because it is hard. We must have the mind of Christ and apply that perspective to everything that we do. That comes from reading the Bible and praying daily. Believers who are not biblically informed and spiritually filled experience chaos in their personal family and church lives. Have you noticed that Paul always quoted the Old Testament scriptures? Because he read the Bible. And so must we. Did you notice that Christ always quoted Old Testament scriptures? And put aside to pray? Yes, he did. They are the best examples of those that knew the Bible and prayed. I mentioned vitamins before. Reading the Bible and praying are very good supplements and the best vitamins in Christian growth. Reading the Bible and praying are like the old Nigerian Express American card. Don't leave home without it. When we receive the gospel of Christ, we are in Christ Jesus and are called children of God. Children of God must bear family resemblance to Christ. Don't you think so? Yes. As children resemble their natural parents, so we are to reflect God's image by demonstrating the fruit of the Spirit. Paul reminds the Corinthians that he and Apollos were servants of God, each exercising the role God has given them. There was no competition between them because they know each other's role. Paul planted the spiritual seed. Apollos watered it. God made the seed to grow. How do we measure up to the Corinthians these days? Just look around. Have you noticed that after 2,000 years, we are no different from them? Divisions in every area of our life are common. We join different groups and political parties and try to bring them into the church. We don't tolerate each other and are angry at everything. We are affiliated with different groups and feel superior to others. We refuse to speak to anyone who disagrees with us or does not like our looks. A lot of us are neither hot nor cold. We are lukewarm in our beliefs on biblical principles. 
Most of us are happy-go-lucky and not even sure what we believe. So ask yourself, my brothers and sisters, who am I? Do I belong to a group or am I affiliated with a particular leader? Am I a jealous or envious person? To this point, there seems to be a sinister feeling of discontent and wrongful de uh, desire in jealousy and envy regarding other people's uh, successes and possessions. Envy says, I want that person's life or thing no matter what. Jealousy says, I want what other people have no matter their rights. Beloved, notice that divisions produce jealousy and envy. They destroy families, churches, and communities. We have looked at the question, who am I as a believer? Now let's look at the second question. Who are we as believers? Now let's read verses 10 to 23. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation. And someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds on it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest. For the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as true fire. Do you not know that you are God's temple and God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone amongst you thinks he is wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is folly with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. So let no one boast in men, for all are yours, whether Paul or Apollos, or Cephas, or the world, or life, or death, or the present, or the future. All are yours, and you are Christ's, and Christ is God's. I just enjoy reading Paul. I mean, I mean that just, that's just a beautiful passage. Paul describes the spiritual life of the Corinthians as a building project. We know that buildings without strong foundations crumble. But as a master spiritual builder, he laid a strong foundation of Christ for the Corinthians. 
His concern about their divisions and the effect on building on Christ made him to warn them, be careful of what you build on the foundation of Christ because God will call you to give an account for it. Paul told them of two kinds of building materials. One set is fireproof and lasting. They are gold, silver, and costly stones. The other set is worthless, such as wood, hay, and straw. Our eternity depends on what kind of material we erected on the foundation of Christ. A person who builds with precious metal and stones is faithful and obedient to God. The one who builds with useless material is self-centered and unfaithful to God. Please note, Paul is not preaching salvation by works. His concern is the believer's activity after salvation. And the real question is whether our activities are worldly or directed or eternally focused. Then he says the day we disclose it. The day is when believers stand before Christ to be judged and given internal destiny. On that day, God will test our earthly works with fire and determine who gets rewards or suffer loss. Listen to him in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. Verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him or her for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Those whose earthly works survive Christ's fire test are rewarded. Believers whose work is burnt up suffer loss. Paul waits until chapter 4, verse 5, to tell us that the reward is praise from God. The praise may, may be what the master said to his good servants in Matthew 25, 14. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Right things done will endure and yield reward. Wrong things done are destroyed and demand accountability. Who are we as believers? Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Remember that the first question we addressed was who we are as individual believers. Now, this second question is asking, who are we collectively? Notice that the you here in this statement, do you not know, is not singular but plural. Paul tells the Corinthians that as the church of Christ, they are all together God's temple. He moves from talking about our individual Christian responsibilities to God to talking about God's manifest presence where we gather to worship. This has nothing to do with the size of the church, how it is decorated, how, how many people I know. It, does, it has nothing to do with the building, but those who are gathered. We are one big temple as we gather here today. And just in case you missed it, let me repeat. 
The body of Christ is the spiritual house of God. We are the temple of God. He is here in our midst. We are in his presence. In verse 17, Paul warns, If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. The Corinthians were destroying God's temple by doing some things like strife and divisions among them. When the followers of Apostle pitted themselves against those of Paul, when arrogant believers conned others because they saw them as spiritually inferior, anything that brings harm to the body of Christ will receive God's judgment. That's because God loves his church and takes such things personally. Paul wants the Corinthians not to be deceived by false preachers. False preachers act only on human wisdom, calling Christ what he is not. The Corinthians saw themselves as people of great minds and wisdom. Paul reminds them that men's wisdom is foolishness with God. Human wisdom only considers things from an earthly level without space for God's view of reality. It is nothing but folly when human wisdom disagrees with God's views of things. You hear the way I said folly. That's the Nigerian way of saying it. Folly. God's wisdom and human wisdoms are irreconcilable. Paul was a student of the Old Testament Bible. He quoted scriptures to show the Corinthians their foolishness of their wisdom. Number one, he cited Job chapter 5 verse 13. God catches those who think they are wise in their own cleverness. And then he cited Psalm 94 verse 11, that the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they are worthless. He reminds them that God's wisdom is far superior to the craftiness of the leaders. And that true wisdom is found only in God's hands. They are to stop boasting in human leaders. Appreciate them without idolizing them. He reminds them that all believers that God gave them are their own together with other gifts. The whole world belongs to us as believers. Christ conquered the world and gave it to us, his bride. Our church leaders serve us and belong to us. We must treat them with respect, but do not put them on a pedestal. And we have more than that. Life belongs to us because we have Christ, and to live is Christ. Death belongs to us. Well, 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 death belongs to us. It can't hurt us anymore. It no longer has victory over us. It is our doorway to eternal life if we are in Christ. It ushers us into God's presence. The present and the future belong to us. That's because we belong to Christ and Christ belongs to God. We are heir of God and joint heirs with Christ. Beloved, let us enjoy our life in Christ Jesus. He gave us five great gifts. The word he gave to us, life he gave to us, death he gave to us, present and future he gave to us. What more can we ask for? We are so blessed we don't even know it. 
The knowledge of these gifts remove us from all anxieties. The knowledge of this gift removes us from all pain, all fear of the present, all fear of the unknown, all fear of death. Oh, hallelujah. Now that we know this, know that we are a temple of God's divine manifestation. This place is of divine reference and worship here. The almighty God right now is in our midst. Knowing this, do we appreciate God more? Make room for his presence? Expect his divine intervention in our lives? Feel his presence in his own temple? If we didn't know before, now know this church is not an ordinary building. It is holy ground and it demands God's reverence and worship. The question is how can we destroy God's temple? Simply by what we do. What we do can either build or tear down this church. Let's take absolute care, my brothers and sisters, to build up this temple so that we are always sure of God's manifest presence. If we don't, his presence will disappear from our midst. And how can God's temple be defiled? Again, by what we do. By bringing the ways of the world into his temple. Such as divisions and boasting in people's wisdom. When we taste God's manifest presence lightly and show no reverence. When we bring our idols into his church and worship Jesus in name only. Remember, the Lord is crystal clear in this passage that those who defy his temple will be destroyed. So what must we do? We must allow God's word to penetrate our hearts. Make our hope the ongoing confession of our sins. Live our lives for Christ so that we decrease and God increase. Know Jesus enough so that we can tell others about him. Know God. Be known by him. And be his friend. Beloved, I conclude by reminding you to reverence and encounter your God Anytime you are in his presence, he is here now. The I am that I am is here. Adonai is here. Yahweh is here. Elohim is here. The never, ever changing God is here. 